Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How many muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hi, and welcome to another episode of I'm Right, and he's Rob, the uh, pop culture debate show that almost no one listens to. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, as always, we like to start each episode with omissions, retractions, apologies from our last episode. And our last episode, of course, was uh, all about uh, fantasy fictional uh, weapons. Uh, I don't think I have any. I think we were good on I, that one. I, right? I guess I'm sorry we didn't include Mjolnir. Uh, oh yeah, um, but I, I think that's good. I still think that uh, you're completely wrong that a uh, sonic screwdriver is a weapon. I think that's specifically the only one that I. But I called you out on it during the show, so I think we're. Yeah, but I also I think I was under the impression that we were using devices because. No, we said weapons. That's why we called it weapons. Oh, okay. If it was just devices. If it was just devices, Rob, then uh, boom tube would have yeah. made the list, right? If it was just sure. devices, I'm, I'm I'm saving my my ammunition for the debate. All right, all right, all right. We should get to that. By the way, uh, let's do our introductions. My name is Monty Ike, and uh, my uh, my Elmer flask to my Bunsen burner, the 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 uh, Schrodinger's cat to my sealed box. The I would have uh, preferred. Speaker to Bunsen Honeydew. Oh, okay, right. Well, my Big Bang Theory to anything that's actually funny. Here is your <laughs> co-host, Rob Bloom. Hi, Rob. Hi, hi, everyone. How are you tonight? Uh, they can't answer you because this oh, is not how podcasts work. This that's is... how the internet works. I, yeah. I'm expecting a bunch of people just to tell me down below, right, how much I suck. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, hit it. Hit. Remember to smash that uh, subscribe button. Um. Yeah. Give us a review on iTunes. Right. Actually, do give us a review on iTunes um, like everyone else. Uh, f- be sure to get our Patreon account. I'm just kidding. We don't have any of that stuff. I don't, I don't know any of that. Don't. Yeah. This is just for fun. Right. Um, you know what? Here's a link. Uh, here's a link to uh, a wish list on Amazon. Oh, I'm sorry. Those, <laughs> that's not a podcast thing. That is an Instagram model thing. My bad. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um. Rob, tonight's question. Uh, tonight's debate. question is, uh, what is more important in science fiction? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm already. Science fiction, more important with actual science. Hey, help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screwing is, up. The yeah. Uh, what's more important, uh, actual science or just a good plot? Is that what you were yeah. trying to go for? No, no. Is science needed for science for good science fiction? That's that's the better way to put okay. it. Is science needed in science fiction? I got you. Um, tonight, my stance is going to be that 
no, I don't think that science has to be in there for it to be good science fiction. Um, I, I can cite many movies that I've seen where the science fiction is nothing but pure fantasy and very little logic. And yet they're still fun, uh, and wonderful movies um and many of the movies that we know and love today started off as pure science fiction and i would argue that they aspire artists and dreamers and creators and scientists to catch up with things that can't work and make them work pretty soon we're going to be having bumblebee transformers all over the place so (laughs) so it's going to happen yeah uh uh-huh Okay. Sony's working on it. Sony and Honda teaming right. up together. <sighs> no, no. My argument is, is I don't think. I mean, right down to the simple uh, physics in in the way that spaceships work. That like we treat them like regular planes and jets in space, and yet we have the most spectacular dogfights in things like Star Wars and and even Star Trek and other sci-fi movies. And while that's based purely on gravity and sound and fire that can't exist in the void of space, it's spectacular and fun and lets the viewers just kind of have that release and not care about the reality of it. We wouldn't hear these sounds. We wouldn't see fire coming out of explosions in space and other things like that, that I find, you know, give the artistic license where it should go. Um, First of all, I just want to say, I never want to hear you say, have that release again. It sounds too gross and dirty when you say it. Please never say that ever again on this podcast. I never want to hear you say, and people can have that release. It just, yeah. I I need to have that release. Give me me that. That Yikes. Yikes, Rob. Yikes. Um, You you made some very interesting points. None of them uh, are good. It's amazing. Once again, you're batting a thousand if by batting a thousand was an out every time, uh, no. Let me let's 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 break this down. Um, okay, uh, you you talked about uh, sci-fi movies and stories of the past inspiring people. Yeah, they inspire people because at the time they are science fiction, but they are still rooted in science. Uh, there's a a, a a great number of things that that uh, show that if you if you like say Star Trek, ground your science fiction in some theoretical physics, some things that say, hey, we might be able to do this, that at some point our technology and our understanding of the universe will catch up to the science fiction and create. I mean, when you look at um, the cell phone versus uh, the the communicator and all those great things that that uh, are inspired, that's because they're not completely fantasy. They're not magic um, and granted, there are things that are vague. There are things that are vague in in, science, in good science fiction like Star Trek. Um, no one ever explains what warp speed really is, except that it's a time-space warp. But that fits within the general laws of, uh, of relativity. It, 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 it fits within string theory that you might be able to bend time and space, warp them, if you will, uh, in order to travel faster than light. Um, but do you think the writers of that 
were studying string theory or anything like that. No, they were just going, let's call it mm, warp. I think I think the idea of uh, I think the idea of warping space was something that was already around. Do I think that they are necessarily PhDs uh, in mathematics and astrophysics? No, but I think these guys read enough about these kind of things and were interested enough about these things to let that go. Uh, I, I think the other thing is like the um, what's always kind of funny to me is whenever like in the next generation or whatever, they would talk about computing powder power, right? With the enterprise and everything. I would, I would love computing powder. Okay, <laughs> yes. Would be awesome. <laughs> you, could, you could use some computing powder there. Uh, no, but uh, computing powder, by the way, is you anytime you're doing math. I'm saying, you're, yeah. yeah, I'm saying you powder because you're bald no, and white. No, um, no arguments. No, so, uh, but they never would talk specifically about it because of the fact uh, computing power was, it goes at such astronomical rate of doubling, uh, what is it, the, what's the maximum? It's like it doubles every two or three years, uh, the the gigahertz or terahertz or teraflops or whatever, that uh, Star Trek stopped mentioning computing power power in that way so that they wouldn't seem ridiculous uh, soon enough. Um you, you, well, here's where there's a like, difference I, to me between sci fantasy and sci fi. By the way, okay. Well, then what what would you qualify as sci fantasy? Then where Star like Wars. it's just well, Star then, Wars. Star Wars is sci fantasy because the forest is not something scientific, and and at the heart of that story, it's about the force. It's about knights and wizards and magic, and it's a fantasy. It just happens to be in it, space, but it works. And that's that's the argument we're making is that it still works, whether you, you yeah, know, but believe I, it or not. It's right. an entertaining but story. Let's take a look at this, though. They're it's they're actually getting more and more. The new movies are getting more scientific. For instance, the whole plot of the last movie is about running out of fuel in space because you don't have enough reaction mass to keep your engines running. Even if you believe in a thing called hyperspace or whatever the engines are running out of gas and they needed fuel. And that's fuel. like the, that's yeah. the big part of it. Most sci-fi doesn't actually deal with that. They usually have an unlimited supply of, uh, of, uh, of energy and that they just use like even S star Trek never really talks about the fact that uh, that's actually a good thing. They, when they talk about warping space, it's not propelled. Those are not engines that are necessarily well, propelling them because they don't have reaction mass. They're bending space. The, one of the nice things about star Trek to, kind of backtrack a little and, and stop on my own argument is that Star Trek was very topical and would do things like environmental issues with even warp drives. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The, the warp force speed limit is what you're thinking of. Cause yeah, it's tearing up the fabric we're of space. starting to tear up the fabric of space because mm -hmm. of over usage and um, where, but, yes, I feel like they tried to ground themselves in a reality that could exist. Yeah. Where Star Wars seems like it's very fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I think that that's just it. You can't hold Star Wars as the pinnacle of star uh, of sci-fi because it is sci-fantasy. It's almost completely broke the genre into a side genre. And I don't think I think of everything else. I think of Blade Runner. I think of Aliens and uh, Aliens is a great movie that's completely bound by the laws of science. Uh, the Alien uh, franchise has people going into cryo sleep because there is no faster than light travel. Um, there is uh, it's, everything about it is based in that sort of gritty reality that people like. They like it to be 
to be But I found think there by. are other movies as well. Like the, the argument isn't can it work with science? I think it can also work without that. It can't, you can have a lightsaber that makes no logical sense on how it works, but it's fun. And right. But then and, it's not really science. It gets into too much fantasy as a, as, as a strict sci-fi star Wars is weird. Cause it's well, magic. It, it's magic. If you're but going it's, in, if it's, if you're going you in semantics, then, then your whole argument is that star Wars isn't science fiction. Yes, that's how I can so, say but, but, science well, no, is no. valuable for sci-fi, and because that's why that's Star what Wars makes is science not... fiction. Right. So you, well, you're um, then let's think of like then is Superman science fiction? The um, Superman movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's look at that. So um, here we have uh, a, a being from another planet, and I can't prove or disprove that. Uh, that yellow sun energy uh, makes a being able to defy gravity. They ne- that's the great th- actually that's the great thing about uh, DC and some of this stuff is they never try to explain it. With Marvel, they're always trying to give you uh, an explanation on why something works and why it doesn't work. They never really talk about how uh, how Superman flies. How does Superman fly? Does he uh, create anti gravitons? Is that how he's doing it? That allows him to. Um, uh, not be uh, bound by gravity, so therefore he floats. And it, does he? If we're going those? by just movie, I would say they they have used the, yeah, obviously that the sun's yellow. Yeah, you're wanting an exact way why he flies, right. not just. And what I'm super- saying is, I in that. the Superman movie, they never talk but about the it. Gravity. They did mention that the Earth's weak gravity mm-hmm. combined with the nourishment of the environment. But again, I think you're looking for a more specific, and I, I'd agree right. that at least in that case, in the comics they've gone more, and that's not what we're talking about here. But, but no, we're talking about science so, fiction, so it's it's that's let if the comics have an a- explanation for it, then they have oh, an the explanation. Comics, for it. comics say it's it's almost a telekinesis will that he's flying using. by, by yeah. via telekinesis. So why doesn't he just move yeah. shit with his mind all the time then? Because he's just not that powerful, and that's why Superboy. Is considered more powerful because he has that ability at a stronger. I see, and that's why he has to catch a plane by its nose, even though in reality, if he caught a plane by its nose that was falling to Earth, it would crush the plane because it's so. That's little. just visually cool because yeah, know. we know it looks. <laughs> oh, it just looks cool. Yeah, I. So okay, then, do you think that Superman is not science fiction? Is more fan- science fantasy? Um, no, because I think. I think the fact that he comes from another planet and that they do in actually try. So, yeah, there are things that there's there's things. So telekinesis, there's a theory out there that there are uh, other energy forms that you can manipulate and stuff like that. It doesn't smack as much as magic with him. It's this is part of his physiology, his physiology from the unique planet of Krypton which is so much different than ours. I mean, you know, he could also be silicon-based, and we don't know it. I don't know that, you know? So yeah, it, not snippy. Not not being snippy. Seriously, just, like, then comparing with then Wonder Woman be more fantasy. Because that's very magical. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, I know that they're in comic books, but comic books have the ability to have multiple genres. But if we yeah. were talking, strictly speaking, if it was just a world where just Superman existed then that would be science fiction fine. That would be okay. Is Batman science fiction a little bit when we talk about all of his crazy gadgets? 
That's a little bit. He's more noir. I would put him as more of a noir that. Well, he's a detective. Yeah. 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 But I mean, in the fact that he's got those crazy gadgets, James Bond gets into science fiction, too, because he has gadgets that that are a little bit more fanciful. They're based in reality, but just much more than we can do. Like when you think about it, he's got miniaturization that is much farther along than than uh, than we are anywhere near being to. Uh, but there are other things too. I mean, like if you look at here, here's one that's going to bend a little bit too. You get Doctor Who, which smacks a little bit of magic sometimes too, but it tries to be all science, and sometimes it does science with shitty science, like reversing the plurality of the neutron flow being the answer to the third Doctor's every problem. He would just reverse polarity they would just say nonsensical things that don't make any sense nowadays they try a little bit harder i think today now you see more of an uh, an earnestness in trying to make something more scientific i mean futurama a a a a cartoon comedy tries to use real science and real math in its jokes and in its plot lines in order to make that uh, happen now because it's a comedy it doesn't necessarily have to be completely there and and pitch perfect and i'm not saying that they can't go beyond the laws uh, sometimes you just have to go and say for instance the the fact that in star trek there's the eisenberg compensators for the for the teleportation eisenberg said that you can't know exactly where uh uh, that matter is and how fast it's going, which is two things you would na- be able to do for transporters to work. You'd need to know exactly where those electrons and nuclei and all that stuff is and how fast they are going and where they're going. We can't know both of them at the same time. Um, so the Eisenberg compensator is always what I think of as a funny workaround. They don't say how it works. They never talk about how it works, but it's a nod to say, hey, science nerds, we know this wouldn't actually exist <laughs> without some mat or some thing, some amazing piece of technology that must guess where something is based on how fast it's traveling. That that fact that matter is both a particle and a wave, uh, and have it happen. So there, I know that there are things in there that are that are that are gimmies that are that are um, uh, you know things that aren't one hundred percent scientifically. <sighs> Uh, sound, but for the most part, they try, and they want it to well, be it, that way. They want that's it to why be this, mostly. This was a this was a difficult one for me, anyway, um, and because going at it, I really feel the answer somewhere in between. I don't feel like I I feel like the best sci fi are ones that take um, actual science and push it along, and maybe just make it a few steps away from being fantastical, but still yeah. believable. And I, really, I think that's and really you could be pitch perfect in your science and have a really shitty story. Oh yeah, I'm, and that's going to be <laughs> that's not going to be it. So I, I no matter what your story is, what makes anything okay, Rob, good, way, bad, or different science. Rob, we're only much. we're only eighteen minutes into this. You can't. You can't. You can't I'm you, not, you've got to well, fight not, on a little bit harder than this. I'm not conceding. Mm. I okay. just like it's a very hard, uh, and I'm not sure I temp- technically agree that 
Star Wars isn't science fiction. I think it's somewhere in between where it's it's like the perfect of fantasy and science fiction. Well, and, and making then then let me explain why I firmly believe it's science fan- fantasy too. At no point in any point of Star Wars does the technology, the spaceships, the blah blah blah, any of that take the forefront of. Of, of what people are talking about or focus or anything like that. And again, like I said, the, the newer Wait, ones... Maybe like the Death Star in Rogue One or yeah, what about... The newer, the, newer, the newer ones are getting a little bit closer to this. They're moving a little bit ter- towards that. But if we just look at... Let's just look at a microcosm of A New Hope, right? But instead, yeah. of, instead of having a spaceship, have it be a sailing ship. None of it changes... The Millennium Falcon is just a a, 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 a dirty looking <laughs> ship that's super fast, right? No, no, nothing changes. If the lightsabers are just swords, there's nothing different about that. And somebody says, "Oh, I mean," th- oh, but uh, you can make that argument about a Star Trek episode that you turn their weapons into guns. But you can't. Well, you you can't though because so many times. The way a Star Trek episode ends is somebody says, what we need to do is do this scientific thing and that will change it. Now, the original series, not so much, but we get into so many times in the next generation changing something with the deflector dish and hitting it with tachyon radiation or this or that or solving the mystery of how this technology is happening blah 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 becomes the forefront of that thing it is not an epic quest it, it's not just hitting a gorn with your two fists okay. together that's because well, we're talking about, about episodes lot. of a television show show right. where you can be more episodic like that yeah but what about the you pull that same theory from the star trek movies then okay where so they are more epic and they are more focused on character and less on technology. I'm glad you asked. So let's go to Undiscovered Country. <laughs> okay. okay. Star Trek five. About finding God? No, no, no. no, that's, no. Oh, that, that's right. That's, that's preventing the assassination. No, yes. It's preventing the assassination. How do they win in that particular one? They stopped Red from getting shot. No. Sorry. <laughs> that's true. They did stop Red from getting shot. They, um, uh, they do this by how they defeat the the Klingon's cloak, which allows them to be cloaked and firing by converting a proton torpedo with the probes they were using to uh, survey gaseous planets and by tracing the exhaust of the, the Klingon ship. Specifically, uh, uh, specifically, uh, Spock says something about how even though it's cloaked, it still emits uh, ionized plasma, gas, and then they build a heat-seeking pro- torpedo by changing out some of their software and hardware from these uh, these probes that they were using to do their boring-ass mission before in order to... Boom. It's all science. The nerds win again. Booyah, booyah, I hate I hate you because like, I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, but it... No, no. Oh, yeah, but would it... No, no, not that one either. Oh, how... How does uh how does how does Kirk and McCoy escape the prison planet? Because they have a very very rare uh, 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 element uh, on some felt on the back of their uniform, and somehow that is being is able to be tracked uh, millions of miles away because it's so rare the sensors can. So yeah, 
science fiction, baby. Science at the start of it. <laughs> science, man. And granted, okay. there's also about, you know, character development. And there's all that stuff. A good plot. There's some political stuff in there as well. But that's really where the, the, the you know, this is actually part of the reason why uh, the new Battlestar uh, Galactica and I never really connected either. Because that Battlestar Galactica, the new one, could have not been in I, space. It could have just been in an office building, and it would have had the same fucking plots, and it would have done nothing for me. The only well, science maybe that's why I liked it more because it did have a very mythological and kind of a a religious aspect to it in a way that these were preordained things. Right, right. But I don't think that makes it less of a science fiction to me. I mean, it. it, it yeah, we can go to the Jetsons and their their watches and they're talking and pull in how. But I stand by that some of these things that seem far fetched, mixed with fantasy. I don't know. I'm having a hard time debating this because I agree with you. Well, no, no, no. I, I think I think what I'm gonna here. I'll do this. I'll I'll try to make some points on your side since you've been doing a wonderful job of proving me right. And I appreciate you every time we do this. Um, so I think what you get hung up on is there are great shows that have really shitty science or don't try to do science at all. They've got really great characters. They've got a really great story arc. They're engaging as hell. Um, such as, can you come up with an example? So, well, such as Star Wars. It's, I mean, God it's it's really the mythology of my uh, upbringing. Um, I know a lot of people say that uh, Battlestar Galactica was really good, even though I disagree. Um, I know you you liked Lost a lot. Does that have a, did did that have a lot of freaking? That's that's listed as a sci-fi, isn't it? It's it's listed as sci-fi, but I would say that falls right in between sci-fi and fantasy because there's all kinds of mystical things in that. Right. Well, yeah, and the ending sucked too. Where it's, where it's just not sci-fi at all, right? It ended up being mystical. It kind ends of up being good versus evil and yeah. almost God versus the devil kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So not it. It ended up not being sci-fi. It was uh, that was the big reveal. It uh, ripped off its mask and it was like we're not science at all. We're uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but well, okay. Like I think Doctor Who is great because it's. It's it's been on long enough and it's big enough that it is both good sci-fi and bad sci-fi. <laughs> it is both a good show and a bad show. And I'm not just talking about uh, special effects or anything like that. Um, you get you get episodes of Doctor Who that are really awesome sciencey stuff. They're very good uh, uh, sci-fi. They're very awesome in this whole idea. Um, and then you get ones that are just it's not scientific at all. It's just weird and odd. And it's the kind of episode that the only thing that you can, it's like the only place you can tell that kind of story. You know what I mean? Well, uh, Doctor Who has the luxury of fitting into just about any damn category it wants to. Right. 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 Exactly. Like, I sometimes wonder if it's just like somebody writes a good story and they're like, I like this. How do we this. make this into a Doctor Who episode? Yeah, I like this, but I don't know how to do this. Oh, well, well let's just make it into a Doctor Who episode. I'm sure that'll work. We can fit something in there. Because they can talk about monsters. They can talk about noir. They can talk about 
Oh yeah, it's true. It's religion. True. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of like you know. So one of my favorite episodes is it could be interpreted one of two ways. My favorite, my first like episode that make me say that made me say, oh god, I I love this in every every instance was Blink. Right, it's the one with the weeping angels. It does. Blink is the one that I give to people who know nothing about it, and it's my intro to right. Except what's funny about it is doesn't have the doctor. He's hardly in he's it. hardly yeah, in, he's it, barely right? in it. Barely in it, but it's good. Uh, it's got a good mystery uh, to it. Um, the 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 monsters in this are, I mean. Saying something is quote unquote quantum locked or or something like that is what I'm talking about where it's really bad science, right? But there are some cool science parts of that. Like the monsters themselves, that's really no shoddy, not sciencey. It's sciencey fiction. It's oh, when you're looking away, uh but the they move tells- super fast. And yeah. they can infect your eye or your camera and all that other stuff. That's just weird schlock, right? But 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 the time travel aspect of it, the the out of sync VHS part of Blink is so fucking brilliant. It's so fucking brilliant because all all episode long, you see parts of a conversation and like everyone else, you see them out of order and ridiculous. And it's not until that moment where she puts everything fucking together that you go, oh my God, that's great. And the wibbly wobbly timey wimey happens and you're like, this is awesome. And then to close the fucking circle in the epilogue when she runs out and predestines it. She's the one it. who gives it to him, yeah. She's the one, she's the only one who can give it and he's literally reading off the fucking script. It's brilliant. It's fantastically brilliant and I love it so goddamn much. But that's a good half and half. It shows. And I love Doctor Who, but there are there are times when it's science fiction. There are times when it's fantasy. Sometimes it's good science fiction in Doctor Who, and sometimes it doesn't. And it both proves and disproves both sides of these arguments. It's crazy. And I, am I think that getting a well, I think and there are certain shows that because they're in space, because there are robots, because there are fill in the blank. They are qualified as science fiction. Um, Star Wars is always going to be considered science fiction just because of it has all of those things I just listed and more. But I, in my mind, when you interview George Lucas, he always says, I wanted to tell a fantasy story. Right. And didn't have the technology to tell it the way I wanted to. And as the years have gone by, he keeps fucking him up and whatnot. <laughs> Um, um, how how many of us have not gone back and like decided oh I'm going to erase just this little part and make this better and then you just fuck up a drawing even more you know I mean I can only see so many variations of Jabba the Hutt in New Hope that <laughs> just and each time it gets a little better but it's kind of like I cut the scene whatever I yeah I don't mind it to be honest, but it, it's at at a point where, well, well, which version am I watching now? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I guess, I, I guess, really, uh, what it gets down to here is obviously the strength of the overall story, right? And I think the strength of the story makes you forget about some of this stuff or not forget about some of this stuff. 
But I will tell you this. I think there's a distinction between sci-fi and sci-fantasy, if you're going to call it that. I will argue that I, I have argued for years that, strictly speaking, in my mind, Star Wars is not a science fiction. And although J.J. Abrams have taken it over and he's made it more and more science fiction-y, it's not. It's it's fantasy. It's sci-fantasy. It's, it's whatever you want to call it, but it's not. And I think there is kind of a distinction there. But I think that distinction really is honestly me saying this break does not this does not fit into my rules on science fiction. So I've created a different genre for it because I like it so much. It's a good enough story and it's a good enough mythology that I want to like it so much that I'm willing to to look past the things that it breaks in my arbitrary rule set in order to create them. I think you were right earlier. I think honestly, when we get right down to it. Um, this is maybe somewhere in the middle uh, of is it needed or is it not? I just think is it's this. This is my this will be my closing argument, so to speak, and we can talk about it. I think when it's right, it adds so much more richness I'd to agree. a story. I'd agree. Uh, than when it's just a throwaway. When you say silly stuff like reverse the plurality, reverse the polarity, I can't even say it. Any anything that Han Solo says before flipping on the 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 light speed. Yeah, he's. I got to get the Nava computer. Blah blah. But whatever he says in New Hope. That's. Well, um, and what's funny too is when you hear those stories about him like being like, "Well, you're not the one who has to say it, George." You know, when you hear those stories of him complaining about the gobbledygook, it's because George Lucas didn't know how to write the gobbledygook right. He should have. He should have taken. He should have taken uh, 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 Roddenberry out for a drink and asked Roddenberry how to write those fucking gobbledygook lines, and Roddenberry would have told no. him a little bit better. But I think it's the gobbledygook that makes Star Wars its character. I think. That's right. that is what is at the core. What is Star Wars? The the nonsense that seems Rob almost over the top fake. It's they, just fun because it's serialized. All right, yeah. paying homage to paying homage to the you know nineteen fifties Flash Gordon, where it's it's you sure. know it's where somebody put put three rings on a on a squirt gun and called it a ray gun. It's yeah. you know it's that's what is Star Wars just in a more modern setting? I, I like the gobbledygook, and I think that's what adds to it. I think that you had to create an entire movie, i.e. Solo, a Star Wars story, just to explain how a measure of, uh, of space, uh, of distance, is also a measure of time, or that line makes... Let's be honest. Star Wars, or Solo, a Star Wars story, is only to fix the... It's the ship that made the Kessel Parsec. run and 12 parsecs because it had 30 years of people it saying that it doesn't make any fucking sense that George Lucas didn't know what a parsec was is really what it is right because he didn't but do any goddamn research it, sounded it wouldn't cool. have been fucking hard it would not it have been sounded- hard in 75 to do one goddamn page of research but who's to say my my thought is, is who's to say in this reality a parsec is you know like brown oh. can be a different Jesus Christ, Rob. (laughs) Hey, you know what I'm saying? In this reality, who knows? Maybe it's uh, how how quick you are in bed that makes you satisfying. I don't know. They'll say something or they'll go, well, meet you at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, you're in deep space. There's no 6 o'clock in deep space. So I mean. Exactly. Which is why you got to love its star date 
17565.3 because time is decimalized. The metric system is here. (laughs) Damn Europeans got the space. Rob, have you heard about have you heard about the meter? Have you heard about this? So all of the metric system is based on this one piece of lead that is in a vacuum sealed tube, right? And it is a specific length and a specific uh, measure of lead, and that is what they base the liter on, and then volume with the or the meter, the liter, all of it, all of the metric system is based on this one piece of lead that they've measured out. And they made it out of lead, and they put it in a vacuum-sealed jar because they were like, lead won't ever change its state. It won't change its state on a, on a molecular level, and it's in air, so it won't ever corrode, blah, blah, blah. It's in, in a vacuum, blah, 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 and it's actually smaller. It's not matching up anymore because the universe is an entropedic bitch, and it will always have its way, and human beings can't put those kind of boundaries on it. So the meter, the thing that all of the metric system, the limiter, is based on, has changed no matter what we've tried to do. And I think that's funny, because at this point, the metric system is just as wild and crazy as the imperial system. I'm just saying, I love that story. And that's science, and it makes good fucking science fiction, because what it means is some evil aliens are stealing parts of Le Mitter. You know, I love that story of Bushel and a Peck. <laughs> <laughs> Bushel and a Peck. <laughs> All right, so it's time, Rob. I, I have to concede more to your side than to mine because I've pretty much agreed with that science is needed, at least in some capacity, for it to be science fiction. And, yes. and I concede a tinier piece... <laughs> that a good fucking story uh, glosses over any bad science that's involved in the making of it. Oh, yeah, because so. there's nothing better than a dogfight in any of these movies. Right, right. Well, uh, so Star Trek uh, tries to explain that by inertial dampeners. That's why things are like that. But also, let's also remember the greatest movie in the history of mankind, Wrath of Khan, when uh, they say that Khan is fighting on a two-dimensional scale and so they x-axis up 30 meters and that's how they fucking get him because they're flying in space bitches it's three goddamn d oh money you are and always shall be (laughs) my friend (laughs) If if that's not how you bury me i don't know nothing will be right. If I don't have Amazing Grace on the pipes and you saying that and doing your best to overact during it, I don't know. You You stay that is post until the end. (laughs) Remember that when Scotty's nephew, when he comes in? Like, Scotty's such a goddamn drama queen, he fucking carried a body up 14 goddamn decks so that he could show people on the bridge. He stayed at his post. When the others wouldn't. God, I love that fucking movie so goddamn much. Makes me want to cry. All right, well, yay, I win. Yes, yes, yes. Um, let's uh, let's let's do this. Uh, what are some of the worst pieces of science that you can think of uh, off the top of your head? What's some of the worst oh, bullshit? Tron really bugs me. Uh, 
maybe more because of its bad, <laughs> you know, CG from it. Well, for its time, it for was its time it was amazing. But yeah, you look at it now and you're like, uh, but would you call Tron science fiction? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's trying to. It's it's a virtual reality built inside a computer, but it also, uh, it, it's also exactly like Toy Story. Also, think about it. All your programs have uh, personalities and lives when you're not looking at them. It's exactly Toy Story. Toy Story, however, not a science fiction. That's science fantasy, or that would be a fantasy. Because fantasy. yeah, because your toys don't come alive. So stop looking so- at me. So what about toy soldiers then? Toy soldiers, science fiction. Those are tiny little robots who were given highly advanced AIs and don't know the difference between reality and their simulation. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, kind of shitty, kind of kind of shitty science in the fact that what are their skin made of? Why does everything move like that? Here's yeah, that's sh- always been. Here's some kind of shitty science. Why do the Autobots have mouths, and why do some of them have robotic mustaches? That's shitty science. <laughs> also, per the intro, how the fuck does Megatron shrink? Um, these are all uh, the. Tra- but I, I real I know the whole reason why. Oh yeah, we and we've had that discussion before, but I'll tell you what. I think they're cool as fuck. When not the movies, I I don't even put you know because. That's a whole nother conversation. Bay, yeah. But after watching some documentaries recently on the Transformers and their rise to what became an American toy is an amazing story. It's yeah. it's a really amazing story. And how the GoBots were one Christmas away from slaughtering and wiping out Transformers <laughs> and just because of fate that yeah. – you know, the GoBots fell and Transformers rose. Here's and- the thing about the GoBots, though, Rob. Here's the thing about it. Uh, I just, I don't even remember the GoBots storyline being that compelling. It wasn't, and that's what, the, it was the Marvel writers yeah. who gave the backstory, even to the toys, not just, not just the cartoons, but gave the backstory to the toys that made Transformers more compelling. They went to Marvel and said, help us come up with a story. Um, and Jim Shooter was one of the main writers. Jim Shooter, who was the uh, editor-in-chief at the time of Marvel, was one of the main story. He came up with the name Optimus Prime and oh, a couple shooter. of other... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Dennis Denny O'Neill from Batman writing fame yes. was the name Optimus Prime. Well, there you go. But, That's why it worked. Denny is the shit. Uh, all right, some other, uh, some other really shitty science... Uh, let's see. And these are things that I'm always like, like, every time I have a problem with these, I always think, uh, repeat to yourself, it's just a show. And you should just really... Warrior of the Lost World? Warrior of the Lost World. Uh, you know, there's just there's just so many times <laughs> where, where it just doesn't the go The Kit right. Motorcycle? <laughs> the, yeah, the Kit Motorcycle. Kit in general. Uh, let's talk about that. Anytime yeah. that you've got this AI that is, uh, you know, <laughs> a trans am, a trans am like, here's the thing. Actually, this isn't bad science fiction. It's just bad. Like, why would you do that? If you could create an AI as powerful as fucking kit, why would you put it into a car and not something where it could actually do something about, it? you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't you know. mean like Skynet? Like, like, what about, Skynet? like, 
What about the Terminator movies? Do you find that See, as good? I like that. Like one of my favorite little things that are sci- that I love scientifically about the Terminator movies is when they tra- when they go back in time, none of their gear or their clothes go with them, and I love that. It's just like a little tiny it feels really right. It feels like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes kind of sense because those aren't the same thing. You know, oh, that makes sense. It wouldn't be able to. Oh, that makes me laugh. And it's kind of funny. Um, maybe it's maybe it's the flesh of our bodies is what uh, enables that device to transport you back into time because the Terminator has flesh on top of it. Right. Like real working flesh. The the the, the T-100s did. Uh, maybe that's what it is. But I liked how they would come back naked. I think that was funny and awesome. <laughs> and it's just like little things like that. Also, it has. Um, in the Terminator, it, it although it seems like an unstoppable killing machine, it's not. It has weaknesses. It keeps getting broken. It keeps fixing itself. If you look at the original Terminator movie, I mean, it you know fixes its own eye. It keeps going. It 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 shows. Uh, it shows when it starts breaking. You know what I mean? Like Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. does a, does a good job of of showing that sort of herky jerkiness of it not working optimally. Uh, I, I, I really like, as, as far as science fiction it's, goes. It's a good science fiction. It's a good science I, fiction, yeah. Um, what about RoboCop? I was just, it's funny because I was just thinking about RoboCop before you did. So RoboCop really basically blends down to the idea of they want to put a human inside a robot and it's the right type of human. It's like a human that has the will to live. You, sure. you know what I mean? Isn't that what what it is? They they tried doing this this cyborg thing before, and they have to find Murphy because Murphy is almost a, like Captain America, where it's the right, the right candidate. Person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it's got it's got some weird faults, but I also like how he eats baby food because he just has just a little bit of fucking yeah. human left in him, right? <laughs> The, and then oh, the idea that, so and it's also it's also a great idea. The idea that a corporation thinks they can do this sort of thing, and especially good where the idea that uh, a scientist thinks, oh, I can just overwrite this person's personality, but use his brain. No, it's part and parcel. The human brain comes with its personality, its soul. I kind of like that. I don't know. That's probably not science fiction. It's just a good part of the writing. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll give that one a pass. I'm trying to. It's funny. I'm trying to think of really shitty. Um, sci-fi now, and it's it's uh, the Wing Commander oh. movie. How about that one? Well, That's yeah, I, actually, that popped in my head a while ago, and I always Freddie Prince Jr. The, tra- the the translation down below. Yes, that, that we get that that always stands out to me that we get the the original language and then the translation of the language. Uh, yeah. That that had some cool looking ships in it, though. It but did. I love the ships. I love those ships because they look like World War One and Two. Yeah, you know more of the yeah. By planes and things like oh, that. All steampunk stuff is shitty science, but <laughs> oh, completely agreed. But I love it. <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> so, all right. Um, do we have a quick question before we go? Before uh, is there anything else that you want to go over before we uh, we call this one good? Um. Yeah, I think I have a question in me. Are you one to like the Halloween franchise? 
the movie Halloween franchise. Oh, oh yeah, the movie. So I'm not. Happy Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween to you too. Uh, uh, it's now in the past, but it's fine. Um, so, so I, I was on. There's, I have a friend in in Omaha, Anthony King, and he had a, a horror podcast for a little while, and it was really good. And you probably could still listen to it. And I explained this to him. I don't really like scary movies. Like I don't. That's just not I, how I enjoy I've it. Done. You know? I downright don't like them. Yeah, yeah, and I especially don't like like you know me. I don't also like violence porn. Like episodes of Sons of Anarchy would be too much of me. Episodes. There's been episodes of Game of Thrones that I've been like, not watching that fucking show anymore. It's just violence porn. Um, so I don't like that. Um, I think the earliest ones are always the best. I think the first Halloween was good. I hear that this last Halloween is pretty good. And my daughter likes uh, scary movies. She's actually watching The Conjuring right now in the house. My 12-year-old. Yeah. So um, I think the way you can tell what's a good one and what's a bad one is if Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. How about that? Um, Uh, She was in H2O. And that that one was actually pretty shitty. Yeah. yeah. Um, How old is Jamie Lee Curtis? I want to say 65-ish. She's still good looking. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Um, no, I've heard the same thing. I've heard good things about it. There's, It's a double-bladed sword when you do reboots and remakes. And I realize this is a continuation. And the director kind of said, forget all the other movies right. except the first one. Yeah. This is the first one and the second one. And this one, that's it. The canon. Actually, go. Uh, I actually read a whole bunch about the Halloween movies uh, not that long ago, including all of the different timelines uh, of what it is. You know what I mean? By the way, that reminds me, um, uh, Back to the Future. Back oh. to the Future, uh, decent enough science fiction. It's not good science fiction, really, when you go to the future and it's just like everyone has a hover car and Mr. Fission works. But that mm-hmm. one scene where Doc Brown describes how they fucked up the timeline and now they have two separate different timelines, good science fiction. So it's good. It's it's It, 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 it has some... It has some hokiness in the future, um, although none of it is really terrible. Nothing is too but crazy. I, but I think that's an example of where good writing yeah. glosses over the bad science. And comedy sometimes trumps good uh, science. Uh, oh, yeah. You're doing yeah, funny I, stuff. Time machine hot tub. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, I, did you just say high machine hot tub? I you said, said time, time machine hot tub. Hot tub time machine. I believe is what you're trying to get to. Time machine hot tub, everybody. Well, my name is Ike Monty. That's Bloom Rob. Um, (laughs) If you want to email us, uh, email us at writeandrob, R-O-B-B. That's R-I-G-H-T-A-N-D-R-O-B-B at gmail.com. If you have a question or if you have something you'd like to call out on us, if you'd like to throw Rob some help on any of these uh, questions, you can do that. Yeah. Uh... My name is Monty Ike, and I'm right. My name is Rob, and as usual, I'm still Rob. (laughs) You suck so bad. You know the thing is, the moment we turn off these mics, we're going to think of all these really shitty movies. Of course we are. I don't know. I'm having a hard time debating this because I agree with you.